Turn with me, if you will, to that passage we read earlier. We'll read a few verses before and after that from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, God has had us on a journey as a church family for some time now as we're doing some very careful refocusing of our energies, of our time, of, our, of, of what God is just leading us all to do. It started with me as he was realigning some things with me after I had my heart surgery. But then it grew into something we're doing here at the church. We're saying, you know, we've got to get back to having what's at the point of the spear. What's the main thing? How do we keep the main thing the main thing? And God has been blessing tremendously as individuals all throughout our congregation is catching this vision, catching the vision to be aware of lost and unchurched around us, be praying for them, learning how to share our story with them, learning how to share the gospel with them, partnering with the church as a whole for opportunities that they can come and hear the gospel. And we're seeing great results of that already. And I, I hope that this is causing excitement within you. I hope you're seeing this is the vision. This is what it is God's calling us to. And we want to be having some times and we want to talk about how can we do this better? What ideas do you have, and, and how can we more effectively reach people with the gospel of Christ? This morning, I want us to focus on this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because it deals specifically with brokenness and healing in a way I think that is just phenomenal. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, begin reading with me, if you will, in verse 18. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. Now, there's that word reconcile. I want you to pay attention to it. It's repeated over and over and over again. It's an accounting word. It's a, a word that comes from the whole area of, of reconciling books, all right? For now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. How? Through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Look at this. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he, meaning God, made him, meaning Christ, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, we come to you again because you are the one who inspired these words. You are the one that hovered over these words and protected them through so many hundreds and thousands of years. And you're the one here this morning can interpret these words right to our heart, right where they need to have effect. So we want to open our heart to you as you have already exposed your heart to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, I want to talk about the broken. You've got that in your notes. The broken. Who, who, who is broken? Adam and Eve were the first man and woman. 
And they were in an intimate relationship with God. One of the most beautiful pictures we find there in Genesis, the early chapters, it says that God came and walked with Adam in the cool of the day. They were, they were close, close friends, physically, visually aware of one another's presence. And he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. But you know how the story continues. Adam and Eve rebelled against God's authority. And sin entered their lives, and sin entered the world, and caused a great fall and a great brokenness. What happened between Adam and Eve? Adam continued to, be, to love God. God continued to love Adam. But there was a separation. There was a chasm. There was a gulf between the two. And no matter what Adam would do, no matter what you or I have done since then, we cannot bridge that chasm no matter how we might try. Adam broke something he couldn't fix. Adam broke something he couldn't fix. Now, as a man, I, I, and, and me, my own personality, I'm a fixer, okay? Uh, and in the book that I'm writing, there's a chapter called Freddy Fixer. And I learned at the earliest age that that was my calling in life, was to be a fixer. And then I found out that nobody needed fixing even wor any worse than I did. But isn't it amazing? Have you ever broken something that belonged to someone else? And not only just broken something, it was something that was valuable, maybe even irreplaceable. And, and what could you, you can't do anything about that. You can't replace something. Sometimes things are broken beyond what our ability is to fix. And we have to have somebody much more uh, trained than we are to come along and do that. I had something broken in my body, something broken in my heart. That aortic valve was slowly beginning to deteriorate. I needed somebody far more than what I could do that could go in there and take that out and replace it with one that would work. I needed help. Something was broken I could not fix. With Adam, he was broken and he couldn't fix it. And you and I have followed in Adam's footstep all along. And we are broken in ways that we just cannot fix. We, we want to balance things out in our lives. We want things to reconcile and come out balanced. And Paul chooses a word, five times he uses it here, that word reconcile. Now, this comes from, how many of you have reconciled your checkbook? The rest of you, we need to talk. Tony, will you take names? Okay. You know, you know what that is. Okay, so you, you got the last good balance, and you add the deposits that you've made, and you subtract the checks that you've written, and you come up with a figure, and that figure should relate back to the one that the bank has. Now, there have been oftentimes, as I've been reconciling my check account, that they don't reconcile. I know that's probably never happened to you, but it happens to me often, okay? Rarely has it been an error at the bank. Imagine that, okay? But I, I can't get these to reconcile. There's something that, that, that won't work. Now listen to me. That's the same word that is used here, but it's used about life. That we seek to reconcile, to balance the equations in life. Because we realize there's something out of balance between us and God. 
We don't really understand that, and so we try to do the things that will reconcile that account. We try to do good things. We try to be good moral people and make right decisions. And we look at our lives, and we're, we're, we're not as bad as some of those other people out there that are, are much worse than we are. And we, we assume then that because if we can just get the balance close, that, that, that means God accepts all of that, and God allows us into heaven. There's a problem with that. We have faulty ciphering. We have faulty addition and subtraction. There's something missing because there's something broken that can't be fixed. There's something that can't be reconciled here. There's something wrong with us. Something wrong with us that we can never, ever, ever on our own come back in to that relationship with God. But God loved us too much to allow it. Listen, I broke something I couldn't fix. You broke something you couldn't fix. And God, who was the offended party, God, who was the one whose, whose relationship and heart was broken, God took the, uh, the, the first step to reconcile what was not his to fix. Think about that for a moment. It's often been quoted, and I agree with it, that Christ came to pay a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And that's exactly what the Scripture is telling us. We broke something we couldn't fix. Only God can fix it. How does God choose, choose to fix this? Well, first of all, we have to understand what the problem is. And the problem is sin. Let me ask you a question. How many people do you have to kill in cold blood in order to be a murderer? How many? Yeah, just one. How many children do you need to sexually uh, intimately violate to be a rapist? One. How many times do you need to steal in order to be a thief? One. How many sins do you have to commit in order to be a sinner? Okay. Now, let's, let's not take Brother Fred's word for this because his, his word is very faulty. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Will you find Romans chapter 3 with me? Just a little bit to your left in your Bible from where you were. Romans chapter 3. Let's just, let's just see what the Bible, God's holy word, has to say about this. Romans chapter 3. And find for me verse 10. Verse 10. Now, Paul is quoting other places in the Bible here. So rather than even giving his opinion, he's quoting from the Scriptures. Let's just read it. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, There is none righteous. How many? None. Now, what is righteous? Those who do what's right all the time. There is no none righteous. Then what he says, No, not one. Not one. There is none who understands, understands the gravity of what has been broken. There is none who genuinely seek after God. For they have all, all, how many is all? All. They have all turned aside and have together become unprofitable. There is none who do, does good. How many? None. No, not one. 
Paul is saying, here's our problem. No matter how good we may claim to be, no matter how we try to be good moral people, when it comes right down to it, none of us is, are without sin. He sums this up a little further. Go to verse 23. See what it says in verse 23? It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. That means there's no exceptions. Start on one side of the room, go around to the other. Start at the, the, the back, what is that, the back or the front? Whatever. And go to one or the other. All means all. Everybody in the balcony, everybody on the floor, everybody in the choir. All of us have sinned. All of us have done just what Adam did. We have violated the authority of God in our lives. And we've caused this chasm, this gulf, that we can't fix. But God chooses to fix it. What, what's the fix? Okay. Well, let's look at the fixer first of all. The fixer in this is none other than God himself. It says, God, look at verse 20. God was in Christ reconciling. Now, how did God choose to balance the equation? He decided to do it through Jesus Christ. Now listen, listen, you, 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 maybe you have a vague general idea of God and you, you, you accept that there's something, you know, God out there somewhere. And maybe you can even see that we have, have, have strained that relationship with God. Well, God chose a way to fix it. You and I can't fix it, so we can't choose a way to fix it. He chose the way to fix it. How did he choose to fix this? Through his son, Jesus Christ. God became a man, Jesus Christ. But he lived without sin. What, what is sin, Brother Fred? Sin is that attitude that you and I and every person you know have within our heart. That attitude that says, I want what I want, and I want it now. And I don't care that it's not what my parents want, or it's not what society wants, or it's not what God's want. I want what I want. You know how many people have that attitude? All, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's our problem. It says, but now Jesus came, God came, and he always agreed with God. He did not have this attitude, I want what I want and I don't care. He said, I want what the Father wants. I'm here to do the will of my Father. And so he lived a perfect, sinless life. So everybody around him, they had to compare to him and say, well, I'm, I'm not like him. I'm not perfect. One of the most important things you and I have to get to the point of is admitting we're sinners in need of a Savior. The hardest person, the, the person who finds us the hardest is the person who is so good, who is so good and moral, and fine, upstanding citizen. Really, really great folks. The kind you want to have as your neighbor. The kind that you want to have, be best friends with. But because they, they, they do what's right. And, and such. Many times they don't recognize that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. So uh, that's not my job to argue them into that. It's Holy Spirit's job. So Holy Spirit says faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And what does the Word of God say? The Word of God says we're all sinners. 
And so let's not take Brother Fred's opinion for this. Let's take what the Word of God says. So we're all sinners in need of a Savior. And we're in need of a Savior because only, 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 only Christ can unite us with the Father. Brother Fred, how can you say that? Isn't that, isn't that, 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 that mighty narrow-minded for you? Let's go back to what the Bible says. Jesus said, I am the one and only way. I am the only one truth. I am the one and only life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. Not my words. The words of the Son of God. So he's, God's saying, here's, here's, I'm the fixer and here's my fix. I want to remedy what's broken with man. I want to reconcile these books. I want to bring us back into close intimacy that I created you to be. I, I choose to do, and here's how I choose to do that. Through Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That's, that's the fixing. Look at what God is doing. I, I, want you, I want you to look at his posture. When Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day, theirs was an intimate relationship. This was face to face. This was, can you imagine hugging and embracing the Father? That's the kind of relationship they had. That's what was broken when Adam sinned. And because God in all of his purity, though he loved Adam and Eve and loved all mankind since then, the posture had to change because he could not look upon sin. He could not reach and embrace sin. His back was turned. But then, because this was planned from before the foundation of the world, he would find a way to reconcile, and that way was Jesus Christ. And so the posture is changed, but it's not changed to where he's just standing before you now. Look what the scripture says. Ooh, this, ooh, causes chill bumps run up and down my spine. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Yes, but look at verse 20. Now we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were pleading. Pleading. Begging. God, right now, his posture is open-armed, blagging, pleading. Please, don't go spend eternity in hell. Take what I want to offer you, reconciliation through the blood of Jesus Christ. God is pleading with you today. Don't walk out of here unreconciled. Don't walk out of here with your life out of balance. You know, they didn't give me a lot of options when they said, Fred, you're going to have to have surgery. The only option was when. Okay? That's what my cardiologist said. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the when should be as soon as you can make arrangements. There was another other option for me to take. And there's no other option on the table for us to take. If we don't take the fix that God offers, there is no other fix for us. The only way of reconciliation is through the blood of Jesus Christ.
the only way. But I want you to hear the plaintive plea of Almighty God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sovereign creator of the universe on his knees with hands outspoken saying, please don't go to hell. Please accept what I am offering you to reconcile our relationship back to intimacy. But he's not done. Look. Verse 20. God, as though God were pleading through us. Through us. That's my role. That's your role. That's our role. To echo the agonizing cry of our Creator. Look, through us, we implore you. That's another synonym. We beg you. We implore you in Christ, on Christ's behalf to be reconciled with God. I broke something I couldn't fix. I broke a relationship that I couldn't fix. Many of us have had relationships in life that have been broken beyond our ability to fix. I broke a relationship beyond my ability to fix. I broke my relationship with God. When I followed my sinful attitude, I want what I want, and I did things based on that, I broke something that I could no longer fix, no matter how hard I tried. Being good enough, all the things that I would try, nothing would work because it was beyond my ability to reconcile, beyond, beyond my ability to balance. But then I heard that, listen, God has done something. God has taken what he didn't break, something that was precious and irreparable to him, something that you broke, he's taken and fixed. But he's fixed it only through his son, Jesus Christ. So, Fred, as you allow Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, then you can be fixed. You can be reconciled. The books can be balanced in your life. So, here's something amazing. He takes someone broken like me, a breaker, and look what he says in verse 20. We are ambassadors for Christ. He's taken the broken and enabled us to have the ministry of healing. He's taken the, the breaker and allowed us to have the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? That means you and I get to hit our knees alongside Almighty God, pleading with neighbors and friends and family, please, Listen to the gospel. Listen to the story that can transform your life. You and I are ambassadors of Christ. You know an ambassador doesn't speak on his own authority. He speaks only on the authority of the, the, the king or the sovereign or the president, whoever sent him. But when he speaks, he speaks with all the power and authority of the one who sent him. So when you and I share our stories, when you and I share the gospel, when you and I join God pleading for souls, we're speaking in his authority. We're speaking in his name. 
So here's what I want you to see this morning. Okay? I want you to see the almighty God of the universe down on his knees. He said, that's irreverent. That's what the scripture says. Arms open. Pleading with you to be reconciled with him. But I want you to see something else. The word he uses right here. God is, is, is pleading. That word is parakletos. That means alongside calling. You and I are alongside God. Calling out in his words and in his authority. Don't go away lost. Don't go away irreconciled. Don't go away out of balance. Go in the power of your salvation in Christ. Will you pray with me? Father, right now, some in this room and some that are, are watching via internet, I pray, Lord, they're not hearing my voice. They're hearing the voice of Holy Spirit. You haven't called me to argue anybody into the kingdom of heaven. If I could, it wouldn't do them any good. Rather, Lord, you call me to join you on my knees, sharing my story, sharing the gospel, pleading with men and women to be saved. And this morning, you are deputizing hundreds of people right here today and many more listening by internet. You're deputizing us today. You leave here as my ambassador to join me speaking to a world that's lost and begging them to receive the gospel. Father, if there's anyone here today or anyone watching or listening today that knows in the depths of their heart they're out of balance with God. They can't say, I'm, 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 I'm not a sinner. I've never done anything wrong or I've, I've always been good because you've already told us in the Word that ain't right. Rather, we have to cry out and say, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And right now, I dare to believe that when you died on the cross, it was to take my sins upon yourself. And when you rose again, it was so that I might have eternal life. I dare to believe in Jesus. I dare to believe in God's solution, God's fix, God's reconciliation for me. Come into my heart and cleanse me and forgive me. I want you to be the boss, the leader, the king of my life. I want to give myself to you. Father, I know that when the smallest child or the oldest senior adult does that, immediately you transform their heart. Just like Chris said, everything changed the moment I made that decision. Lord, there are those here today and those that are watching that need that transformation to happen right now. Will you give them the courage to do that? Others are seeking a church home and maybe you're telling them today, this is where I want you to put down roots and be. Or maybe you're calling others to come to the altar and just pray for neighbors and friends and loved ones who don't know Christ. Lord, will you give us that freedom? Give us that freedom. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Will you stand?